Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Welcome in, Mackie and Judd with Rami, Score North and the Score North app. And today we have a couple fun things planned between now and and 6 o'clock. Maybe even more than a couple fun things planned. That's pretty much our whole goal right now. Hey, Let's one... plan fun things because everyone's so depressed and depressing news keeps coming out. Remember Callum Williams came on to teach us about cricket? Mm-hmm. Did you guys see what I tweeted this morning? Can we get to that at some point in the show? I forgot to include that in my prep email. Sure. My apologies. Let's add, we'll add another fun thing. getting it and now bringing it up to start off the show that I forgot it. But it's it's really... I have the list of cricket positions... Oh, beautiful. And some of the names for cricket pitches. And it's not a real sport, guys. Okay, we're going to do that at at 5.30 today. It's now confirmed. Cricket is not a real sport. They just send highlights of it over here to confuse us. It's a prank on all us Americans. Consider it part of the run. It's because they hate baseball. Because they think baseball is not a sport. That's our back and forth. We'll get to it at 5.30 today. We'll also get to write that down predictions and an accountability session at 5 o'clock today. And the debut at 4.30 of the cliche Mount Rushmore Talker of the Week. And today's cliche Mount Rushmore ranking system will revolve around the scrappiest Twins players of all time. And we will go into all of that at 4.30 today. Uh, But we're going to start the show with a couple things, including in about five or ten minutes from now, Fox Sports North is re-airing Kevin Garnett's return to the Timberwolves from 2015. The next morning, you and I, Judd, had a super fun five-minute chat with Flip Saunders, who called our show at the very end of our show mm-hmm. at like 12.55 uh, at the time. So we're going to play some of that back. But let's dive into something real quick here. I know Rami has a social distancing dilemma, but this this just came across Twitter here. If you guys are wondering what it sounds like when Bill Belichick is taken hostage, put into a dimly lit room, and forced to talk about coronavirus. <laughs> I this. What? We've got audio of Bill Belichick. Apparently, are you being serious? Or dead is this serious. Right this, this is serious. This it's is Bill Belichick's right. pep talk to the country when it comes to coronavirus. Oh God! Hello, this is Bill Belichick. I want to reach out to you in these uncertain and unprecedented times to let you know that I and the New England Patriots are behind you. We are all in this together. Thank you to our heroic medical professionals, doctors, nurses medical workers, and others who are selflessly and courageously doing their job to take care of others in need. We have heard your stories. 
and seen some of your great work. You are truly champions and warriors. We are facing a difficult opponent. It will take teamwork, discipline, and commitment to do the right things all the time. That includes staying at home. I encourage everyone to shelter in place for as long as necessary as we fight this virus together. There are plenty of things we cannot do right now, but let's focus on what we can do. We can adapt, we can adjust, and we can make better decisions right now for the betterment of the future. As I tell our team, let's keep stringing good days together and we will get through this. Football. How much I, I'm, he, ready, I'm ready to sit on my ass at home now, he, boys. Let's how much do this. did he not want to do that? Do you guys realize? No, no. Here's the thing. You could tell that he prefers a virus that's killing people to talking to the media. <laughs> He's more excited about coronavirus. <laughs> there he, was he more em- different tones in there. He guy. embraces <laughs> coronavirus, which is killing thousands of people right now, more than he does people with tape recorders and notepads. I tuned out so quick, man. That guy is... Boring. Like, is is that is that can't be the dude behind closed doors, right? That's not the leader of men behind closed doors that gets everybody pointed in one direction, is it? There's a part in that video where I'm sleepy, like, where, and I'm drinking coffee, guys. I'm literally in the middle of a <laughs> cup of coffee, and I'm sleepy right now. There's a couple different like camera shots, so clearly they took a couple different takes of this. One of them is super close to Bill Belichick, and one of the comments on the video is. This has a hostage cam vibe. It really does. Is it just half his face in one shot? <laughs> well, no, it's like, like taking full, up the whole like, screen. It's super but close to find, his face, kind of like Judd's camera is right now on the stream. Can we find a press conference with, with like his on to Cincinnati sure. voice again? And, right. and that's the first that. comment on the. Uh, that's actually the first comment on the video from someone who commented on to Twitter. The tone. It says the virus is on to Cincinnati. All right, so the, this is we're going to do two things here. Uh, I'm, I'm going to play you Bill Belichick loves football, an actual soundbite from a press conference. And then, Jonathan, you're going to come in with his pep talk to the world. Okay? All right, here we go. You think you like football? Bill Belichick doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. They're all good. Yeah, they're all good. So, yeah, every one of them. Treadwell, Thielen, uh, Diggs, Rudolph. The backs, the quarterback. This is Bill Belichick. I want to reach out to you in these uncertain and unprecedented times to let you know that I and the New England Patriots are behind you. We are all in this together. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about how it correlates. It's just trying to do my thing, and I think that that's what's best, so that's what we're trying to do. Football! Wait, I didn't notice a difference. Did, are you guys saying that you hear a little more pep in Bill Belichick here? Well, the third one wasn't even. I know him. that it was his son. son yeah, Steve. I know. <laughs> I know. The first one, he is less excited to be talking about an opponent than he is about the coronavirus. In my humble opinion, there is definitely more pep in his step for the second one. I'm, I'm with Judd. I'm not. I'm, a, Judd. I'm not a guy who needs like <laughs> super motivational, screamy head coach. But that's not a guy who I want to follow either. That's not the guy who I jump into the trenches for. That's I don't. There, there's got to be a different side to Bill Belichick, right? There's got to be. I don't know, man. 
I don't know, man. And there's just a football side, and that's it. You think he's like Mr. Gregarious, and all of a sudden, so they're they're all clowning around, and all of a sudden, all right, we're going live in three, two, one, and he just. I'm gonna tell you to take it one day at a time. I have. One question, Phil. What would, if Brad Childress was still coach of the Vikings, what would Brad say right now during this time of terror? You think you like football? Brad Childress doesn't just like football. He f- loves football. I did watch him. I was standing right behind him when he was warming up and saw him kind of reach for his groin and, you know, hold it and whatever you do with the groin. Rub it. That's what I think I witnessed. Um, tw- it twinged a little bit on him. Football! Football! Yeah! Yeah! Sounds kind of like yeah! 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 Gotta eat. <laughs> oh man! So it twinged. No. Twinged. It twinged. Rub it. Twinged on him. Uh, so, uh, Rami, what was your social distancing dilemma this afternoon? All right. Apartment buildings are tricky in these times. Mackie, you live in an apartment building. These are tricky times to live in an apartment building and keep your social distance, right? I actually had a quick aside, a really tricky moment with some food delivery last night in which I went downstairs in the lobby, and usually they just drop the bag off. It's a no-contact exchange. Yeah. This guy was standing there holding my bag. I walked up, reached my arm out, and he goes... What room are you? As if, like, I'm coming down wow. randomly, like, from a different room to I steal the food. I appreciate that. He's guarding your food for you. Just put my food He's down. He's making sure some rando oh. is just, just walking just, down and grabbing your food. Just put my food down, and, yeah. I'll, and we'll figure it out. Yeah. If, it, if it gets You're stolen, it gets stolen. Right now. But what, I mean, what benefit is there to, yeah. he still touched the bag. Him setting the bag or him handing the bag to you, same thing. If he has corona germs on his hands, they're on the bag now and now on your hand, either way. I mean, I feel like as I grab the bag from him, the probability of us touching hands is high oh, and no, no, makes no, it no. worse. No, I've mastered that. I don't even, like, if he's holding it by the handle, I just grab lower lower on the bag. I don't I don't grab it by the handle and get close these to the are, These are not the times to try and do things like food enforcement either. Just put the bag down, shut up, and leave. I respect it. I respect See, it. I, I don't. He's protecting you, your food, man. He's trying to help you no, out. No, not now. Not now. This is Move like when I, if I ever get an alert from a credit card company that they suspect fraud, even though it's money I spent, I'm glad they checked with me. I'm glad they checked. Do your due diligence. Make sure I'm the one who overcharged my put credit card down. and owes you a lot of money now. And Make sure I'm the, the one. Make sure it's not some rando. Same. Just, put the, just put the bag down. Anyways, right. Right. Okay. continue. Mackie, what do you do when you're walking <laughs> down the hall and somebody's walking opposite you, coming towards you? You know what's amazing? So it, we're like three weeks into quarantine now. Yeah. That hasn't happened yet. Happened to me for the first time today. For the first time. And my first instinct is... Like, stop and go the other way. But that's just a little too weird for me, even in these strange times that we live in. So I figure I'm just going to keep walking. I will give as much space as I can, and they will give as much space as they can. I'll turn and face the wall as we cross each other so as not to breathe each other's air, right? Mm -hmm. It's probably the safest way to go about it. But here's the thing. Before social distancing was a thing, I always respected people's personal space, and especially that... Of women, because a lot of women have told me stories throughout my life of guys and situations that made them feel uncomfortable, right? So I've always been like, 
hyper aware of that and try not to put them in situations where they feel uncomfortable yeah, like or a, in danger. Right. Elevators are a big one where, exactly. like, as the guy, you think, oh, let the woman go first out of the elevator because that's no, what you, you do, right? should go first because right. she might think you're following her to her apartment, which Correct. is a similar situation to what I just ran into when I was leaving to come to work today. So we're, we're walking in opposite directions. And my plan is just keep walking and, like I said, turn and face the wall. Like you're walking toward each I'm other. Wa- yeah, we're walking towards each other. But then she stops and starts to open her apartment door. Oh, no, dude. So I see this <laughs> as an opportunity to keep social distance. I stop and stay like six, seven feet away from her while she opens the door and goes in her apartment. But I think I think I might have made her feel a little uncomfortable, like she thought I was stopping and waiting for her to open her apartment door to try and do something bad. So what what takes precedence here? Me trying to not make her feel uncomfortable as a woman or us keeping our social distance in these so, pandemic so times that we live the in? Pandemic man, pandemic rules all. Because right I now. stopped, I stopped, like I said, about six seven feet away from her, and immediately I felt an uncomfortableness between the two of Remember, us. Dude, immediately, I could cut it with a knife. There was tension in the air. Okay, but this is very very simple now. As I explained. Yesterday, for the first time in my 50 years on this planet, everyone is ugly. No one's attracted to anybody. I look at you, if you are the most beautiful person on the planet, or you go 450, I don't care. You're Jessica Alba. You might as well be a moose. Exactly right. So there is no, so, so do not ever heed right now attractiveness or boundaries in that sense if it means that you're not doing the correct thing for social distancing. I think you did the right thing because I, I, I think what you did might have felt creepy to her, but what you also did was, was you prevented her from having to breathe your coronavirus Right, I was protecting both right of thing. us there. I was right. protecting both of us. Yeah. But I was very conflicted in the moment. Like, I, and then it was like it, like, it took her longer than it should to get the key in the door and get the door open. So, like, and this all, she's super nervous. This man. all probably happened much faster than it was in my mind. But like while it while she was like trying to get the door open, I was like, dude, just walk. But then I was like, now, if you start walking towards her now, it looks super weird. Stay right here. Like the inner dialogue in my head was off the charts, yeah. dude, off the charts. Yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, I actually so I haven't had the walk down the same hallway thing in the apartment complex as you just experienced today. But I did have something sort of similar happen this morning as I was leaving to come into the office, too, where the neighbor right across the hall, and I think it's a married couple, and and the gal and I both open our doors at the same time to presumably go into the hallway at the same time. This is the door right across the hallway, okay? So I open the door. She opens the door. We make eye contact, and it's like a second and a half or two seconds. (laughs) <laughs> and she just shuts the door. <laughs> Solid move on her part. <laughs> Here's the way to see it right now. Shuts the door. <laughs> I guess I'll go. But she's right. Here's the way to to play this out right now. Everything is basically a four-way stop. So if you see a person now stopping, is fine. Month ago might have been sort of weird, but I think that for what she did, it's perfect. 
I mean, you you had had what I feel like shutting the yesterday. door was a little aggressive. We could have said, the, Wait, "Why don't you get a thirty second head start here? I'll right. take the stairwell. You take the elevator." No, no, no. You don't need to talk. No, 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 no. I think she was right. Rami was right. I think talking makes it weirder. Yeah, I do too. These are new times. I mean, literally within twenty four hours. I, think I, have, Rami does right. I have had the we both open the door at the same time, and she shuts the door, and then someone else. I'm going from the, from my floor on the elevator all the way down to the no. lobby, and someone literally saw the door open. They were going to go down, too. Yep. Saw that there was somebody else on the elevator and yep. just let it close. <laughs> Jonathan brings up a great point, though. We have we have entered a time period, at least right now, where I think talking, unnecessary. No, it's fine to just no, no, no. say hi, how you doing? No, no, no. Avoiding have a good people. Day. Look at everyone like no, they're Chud, ugly and out to get you. No, 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 Chud. Because they all might be sick. Because, honestly... The way peop- some people are acting and treating each other right now, I'm more worried about humans than I am any virus. Okay? So just like a pleasant demeanor and a smile and exchanging a pleasantry goes a long way for me in terms of not being scared of everyone I see. And I think a lot of people have that anxiety right now. And if we all walked around a little more pleasant... I think it would I think it would ease a lot of the anxiety that we're feeling. We say we're in this together. That's the slogan everybody uh, no, is no. using no. and everybody is looking at each other like no. they're trying to murder you. Stop. That's I, not that's not what this is about, man. You can be no. far away Rami, from each Rami. other and still have a pleasant demeanor. It's okay. I don't need you to talk to me, acknowledge me, <laughs> stay clear. Look, I'm smiling about- when I walk my dog. I smile and nod at every person I walk past. I now definitely every don't single want you to person. Hold the door for me. Yeah, every exactly. single person. I, I don't do that. No. These are tough times. I don't need you to be nice to me right now. I'm not holding the door. You for need it more anymore. than ever. We all need this more than ever. We, we all need to avoid each other as much as possible you right now. Terrible solutions done. to problems. Until you're like you're bored. Done. You should drink a lot and Until don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Also, be terrible to Here's people. Here's the thing. Let's all just be awful to each other. In times of crisis, there are no rules. Make up your own. No, this it's isn't Mad Max. This isn't Mad Max. That's We're still totally in a very civilized society, and we all have to do our part to keep <laughs> it that way. I feel like we could be headed for the purge in real life here oh at some point. God. I will throw that out oh there. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rami's going to die saying, but I was nice to this person. I'll go out being nice. I don't mind Listen, that. Put I that am, on my tombstone. I went out being nice. I gotta be honest. I am more. <laughs> I am more on <laughs> your tombstone pizza. <laughs> I am more on Rami's side here. I think there's room. To at least, from a distance, be pleasant with people. Give them a little head nod. You can at least say, hey. I think the tone of our voice can represent, hey, like, we all know that this is bleeped right now. I'm closing the door on you. Are you guys being super nice to grocery store people? Oh, my God. I'm being so nice to grocery store people. People like that, I'm really nice to. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet, but I went, I did some quick grocery shopping on my lunch break because it's the best time to go and do it. Um, And I literally grabbed a two-pack of uh, Lysol disinfectant wipes as soon as the grocery store clerk dude set them on the shelf. And I was like, dude, thank you so much. I, was like, I don't know if I've ever thanked anybody as sincerely as I thanked grocery store dude for what the Lysol. What did the clerk say back to you? He was like, yeah, no problem, man. Like For him, it was nothing. He was just doing his thing. He was just another day at work for this kid. But uh, I was very, very appreciative. So appreciative. All our grocery store workers. Dude, you guys, like these kids, you guys rock. These kids signed up. Like Some of these teenagers, these high school kids, or like if you're 17 years old, you signed up. Oh, I just, I'll just get a job. Job at right. Lunds or whatever, Cub Foods, and now you're pay the bills, and now you're literally one of the most important workers in the country right now. And uh, I agree. I think we we actually on on last night's happy hour, and I, we we should find a shortened link, but um, go back on Score North Twitter, Facebook, and Twitch, and go watch the Mackie and Jeb with Rami 
quarantine happy hour from last night. If for no other reason, we had a link on the bottom of the video for 20 minutes where you can go to that link and you can just tip random people in the service industry, like bartenders, uh, like literally anyone in the service industry that would ordinarily get tips, people that are out of jobs right now. Like, I feel bad for those people. I put grocery store workers on a pedestal right now. It's just amazing how much has changed in the last 30 days. I thought you were going to say, if for nothing else, to watch Rami give a silent tutorial on how to make thyme and pepper chicken. It looked pretty good. It was delicious. Dude. It looked, yeah, it looked real so good. good. Yeah, so so those, good. those roasted peppers. Avoid people. Um, say hi or don't. They don't care. <laughs> I mean, you guys are both ha- having people avoid you and try to be like, well, I was trying to be nice. Don't worry about it. No, we can, it's It'll about the distance. It, it's about the distance between each other. It doesn't have to be something hostile or negative. I think Judd, Judd's talking about emotional distance right now. He's <laughs> yeah, yeah, really. Emotional distancing You're also from- concerned. <laughs> you, you have to assume that everybody's sick. Judd, how yeah. weird is it that the two guys on this show that are most afraid of germs are the one who are are the ones who are most willing to be nice to other guys, human beings? Find, right me, now? find me a doctor who said this thing can be passed by a smile or saying hello from seven feet away. What the hell are you talking about? Okay, if, if somebody says hi back and the spittle flies yeah, towards you, not possible. God forbid. That's what the six foot distance is about. Spittle travels six to seven feet at most. Even then, that's with a sneeze what or a cough. Seven, Rami? That's with a sneeze or a cough. That's not just with talking. A sneeze or a cough propels spittle six to ten this feet. Of, this is not just talking, not just this talking to someone. Turns on you. What if this is juiced spittle? All right, it who, just goes further. All right, who's going to be the first one and write that down to predict that Rami gets coronavirus for being too friendly? <laughs> wow. Who's wow. going to be the first one? Wow. Who's the guest, who's the guest listener today? <laughs> oh, man. Um, <laughs> coronavirus for being too friendly. <laughs> I just I haven't seen that from any medical professional that you can get the coronavirus from being Doctor, nice to how someone did he get from the 10 feet away. He was far too friendly. <laughs> <laughs> far far too nice to people in the hallways. Um, gentlemen, tonight on Fox Sports North, they are re- they've been re-airing just various classic games and I am glad that they've gone back into the archives beyond like 2019 classics, which is oftentimes what what happens and they went back and they went back five years ago to, I believe it was February 25th, 2015, Kevin Garnett's first game back with the Minnesota Timberwolves against the Washington Wizards, a game that you and I, Judd get watched from a bar in Fort Myers, Shoeless Joe's That's in right. Fort Myers. That's right. And uh, the, the Wolves were down by like 15 at one point in that game. They came back. KG grabbed eight rebounds in like 18 minutes, and they won the game by 20 points. And the next morning, with five minutes to go on our show, and we're doing it from Fort Myers. Flip Saunders called into the show, and just you guys just, didn't know he was calling. He just well, randomly I think we, called. Well, I think we might like he did that a couple times. I can't remember if we put the bat signal out to him. Did or you guys? How it worked. Did you guys read Johnny K's piece this morning? Not yet. No. He said he said Flip Saunders just called him while he was walking to his car in the parking yeah. lot after he filed his story. Was Flip Saunders? Yes. Just dialing up everybody in yes. the Minnesota Doogie. media. He called Doogie a lot. Yeah. He. That's awesome. That was him, man. Like he was the most unique and amazing sports executive and coach figure and I think that's like that's why when we talk about Timberwolves history and important figures and Kevin Garnett is a big piece and the reason why people put Flip Saunders on that same level is just because of how great he was to people and he was a really good coach too but we had him on our show and because everyone is getting depressing coronavirus news and we have no live sports we figure let's uh let's run some of this interview with Flip Saunders that aired on February 26th, 2015, to wrap the old Mackie and Judd show. And then we're going to get to, at the bottom of the hour here, 
our Mount Rushmore talker of the week, the cliche Mount Rushmore talker of the week, the scrappiest Twins players ever, and write that down at 5 o'clock. But this is a, this is feel-good flip here. Uh, flip Saunders with us, Mackie and Joe. We are in Fort Myers, and uh, I was just saying Fort to Myers, Judge. Is it warm down there? It's uh, it, not to complain, but it's a little overcast right now and uh, not quite 80, so we're a little disappointed. Listen, well, we, I, had, you, we had some heat in our arena last night. Yeah, you got you got to pick up the phone, uh, call the Sixers, anyone who was involved in the string of events that led to KG. G- give them more first round picks. Give them more players based on last night. That was unbelievable. Flip. Well, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because someone, you know, someone was talking just about the whole dynamics and what I said to him. You know, there's two ways to go about it. You know, one of the reasons we we kept some of our veteran players early was we wanted to. You know, to blend them in with the young guys, knowing that, um, you know, you have fans that are paying money to come to see games. Give them, try to give them as good a quality of product as you can. And so on the, the KG thing was pretty much under the wraps and I talked a little bit. I talked to Glenn and kind of pursued it behind, behind. And then when it became an opportunity, I just thought, you know, analytics aside, you know, I know that there's a lot of analytical people, but there's, you know, how can you value someone's passion, their competitiveness, their IQ? How they um, are attuned to the city and they're in love with the city, and you know, last night yeah, there's a lot of applause that went to uh, you know to KG, but you know, I, I, I give out a big applause to fans that give themselves a, a hand because they were unbelievable last night. And I mean, you know, KG shows emotion, but very rarely shows an emotion like during the game that he showed last night. So that shows you know the connection he really had with the fans. Hey, Flip, what was your, uh, going into last night as you arrived uh, downtown, what was your expectation about what that building would be like compared to what you saw? Well, I'll tell you a story I told my players before the game. I said, this is more than a game. This is about this is about family. It's about you know one of our own coming home in KG. And this is what we're trying to do. We've done a lot of things to create a culture, a family culture with dinners with the players, players coming over to my house, uh, going over to Glenn's house. And I says, this is what we're trying to create for not one game, but for, you know, for your whole career, you know, looking at Wiggins. And I said, you know, guys, tonight is, is, is bigger than the game. And I said, you know, in 10 years, 15 years, some of you guys are going to be at home and you're going to be sitting with your kids. You're going to watch classic TV and you're going to see the game. And there's going to be a game on. You're going to see Kevin Garnett and you're going to say to your kid, you know, I was at the game when Kevin Garnett came back to Minnesota. It was the biggest event I've ever been at in a regular season game. And as I closed it, and I said, and, you know, I told them, I said, you know what your kid's going to ask? Did you win or did you lose? And I said, so let's go out and win, win this one for KG. Yeah. Flip, we have, I wish we had a half hour with you. We have about a minute left. Can you give us an anecdote, something, um, you know, we saw how engaged KG looked with the players just from afar. Can you give us an anecdote of something that he did or said um, that, that made a difference last night? Well, I mean, it just to everything, he was like that from the day he stepped in. It was, it was no different. You know, there's some people that question, you know, why would we bring back KG at 37, you know, nationally. Um, having been around him for 10 years, I knew what he was going to give the team. I knew he would give confidence. I knew he would, the players would play at a different level. He would know they'd understand what it was to communicate. And, you know, when he was on the bench, he's, he constantly talks. He's always done that for 10 years I had him. For me, he resonates what I want. He knows what I want even before I want it as a coach, which, which makes my job actually easier. But someone was kidding about him in the grease board. You know, he grabs the grease board and he shows it. And the story, when I traded for him, we were talking about my expectation. And I said, the one thing I'm going to ban is I'm going to ban the grease board. Because he always grabbed the grease board when he played here. And he draws <laughs> on the grease board, but he doesn't have a pen. He's just drawing with his finger. So he can't see anything, you know. And so, but that's just kind of who he is. And uh, he's just so engaged. And, um, and he, it, you know, I think the one thing which is very interesting is that 
after the game, we talked about your know, practice today, and uh, I asked you know the guys, and, and Ricky goes, KG, you know, what do you want to do? And KG says, Hey, this is your team. You know, I'm here to help you guys out. You yeah. guys make that decision, not me. So he, yeah. I mean, he's really bought into you know where he is in his career, and he believes he really believes that this, our team has a chance to be a really, really, really good team, yeah. and he's here to help facilitate that progress. Flip, thank you so much, man. Thanks, Flip. Okay, good. Good talk. All right, right, take care. Lou Nanny next on Mackie and Judd, live in Fort Myers. So that was was five years ago, February, and uh, the game runs tonight on Fox Sports North. Kevin Garnett making his return five years ago against the Wizards. And I think the most chilling but also compelling thing that Flip said there was his pregame speech to the players involved an anecdote about how Hey, down the road, five or ten years, you got you know this is going to be a classic game that's that gets re-aired, and it'll be the most amazing regular season atmosphere. And the next question people are going to ask is, well, did they win? And you want to make sure that the answer is yes. And little did we know that all of this would happen, and they would be forced to air classic games. And I think this is the first time that they've run that game back. That was such a fun five night. years. That game was so much fun. It was, and uh, it's probably one of the five most memorable nights in Timberwolves history, which says more about the Timberwolves probably than it does about, I mean, that when, was an amazing night. When but. I was reading uh, John Krasinski's piece on that game, that when KG came back to the Target Center this morning, and everybody's account of it and what it did for the organization and the energy that it put in that building, I just found myself getting more and more, I don't know if upset is the word, frustrated and confused as to how how the Minnesota Timberwolves have not have not let go or, or put their egos aside and welcome this guy back into the Timberwolves family like for because and, and I know that he wouldn't have that same effect now because you can't have that effect if you're not a player but I think having Kevin Garnett back in the fold and back in the family somehow some way would bring some Timberwolves fans back who have left and would energize those yeah. who are still here it just seems when you see what he meant and, and what he can do in just one night coming back to the team, it seems so silly and so petty to hang on to whatever is there. And maybe Kevin Garnett just isn't open to it. That's what I, I've heard that. I've heard that side of it too. Maybe Kevin Garnett just isn't open to any mending of fences there. But man, just make it happen. Do whatever you got to do to make that happen and get that guy back in the family. Yeah, it is. I mean, everyone on the Timberwolves side would say, listen, hey, we've done everything we can. We're wide open to it. We'd love him to come back. So it's hard to say. I mean, how much of it is Kevin Garnett holding on to his own grudge versus maybe it's Glenn Taylor who hasn't what, taken the necessary steps. What hurts steps. about it, what, what, what just stinks about the whole thing so much was how hard Flip worked to repair the damage done the first time. Because the fracture mm-hmm. was there. And Flip worked his ass off to get this guy to waive his no trade to come mm-hmm. back from Brooklyn. And and what's sad now in in uh, retrospect, in listening to the day that we talked to him, Phil Mackey, was the excitement that Flip had for that. Right? Like he was so excited, and he had done this, and he had gotten KG back, and had worked so hard to get KG back, and it disintegrated again. Yeah. And so so my question has always been, how did this? How was this allowed to happen? Like. When Flip passed, how did you not make sure the one thing to honor Flip, essentially, how did you not make sure that it might not have been happy, but that you kept KG satisfied to say, you know what, this sucked, it's really bad, yep. but I but I still, I still am willing to be part of this. The handoff got botched 
hmm. between Flip's passing and Tom Thibodeau and Scott Layden's arrival. And I just like, however, you know, KG was sort of in this mourning mode and his contract status was up in the air. And I think the Timberwolves, if they could go back again, would probably have to reevaluate. How did you deal with that situation in the aftermath of Flip's passing? There's a lot of unanswered questions. We got to hit a break here. This is Mackie and Judd with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. And we're here to entertain you during this just crazy coronavirus period. And uh, we're always checking Twitter and our other social media mentions throughout the show and uh, and after the show as well. I am at Phil Mackie on Instagram and Twitter. He is at Jay Zolgad on Instagram and Twitter. And he over there, if you're watching on the live screen, I think it's top right. I don't know how the order is on the uh, the listeners. but The that's, guy raising his hand right now. Rami is tweeting and Rami is gramming and that's Rami is ticking, Rami is ticking. on TikTok yes. as well. So. I know. That's an unfortunate, unfortunate handle for an Arab, but... But here we are. Didn't think about that soon enough. So here we are. Now we're locked in. When we come back, it's the debut of the cliche Mount Rushmore talker of the week, the grittiest Twins players of all time. A quick thank you to DennisKirk.com for supporting Score North and Mackie and Judd with Rami. It's obviously crazy times right now, but one thing you still can do is get out and ride. And the weather seems to be telling us it's time to get you and your motorcycle ready for this year's riding season. DennisKirk.com is a Minnesota-based worldwide retailer of parts, accessories, and apparel for avid bikers of all kinds. Whether you ride a Harley, a Cruiser, sport bike, dirt bike, or any other type of motorcycle, they have what you need. Over 160,000 parts in stock and ready to ship today. DennisKirk.com not only offers a huge in-stock selection, but also guaranteed best prices, fast same-day shipping, and a satisfaction guarantee. They truly are the best in the business. Order by 8 p.m. and get it tomorrow. $89 orders ship free, and they pay return shipping on helmets and apparel products. DennisKirk.com. Order today. Get it tomorrow. Jonathan here with the Score North download. We could all use a little help while quarantined, and thanks to our many great local partners, Score North Listening Rewards is here to help with some cash relief. All month long, Score North is giving you the chance at $25 to $200 in cash just for listening to us. For your chance to win free cash, download the Score North app, register, and you could be a winner over at scorenorth.com and on the free Score North mobile app. Matthew Collar has an article on whether or not the Vikings can afford to pass on a top receiver. That is over at Score North, as well as Judd Zelgad's fourth part in his five-part series on five trades the Vikings felt forced into making at the time. This time, Chris Dolman is up in his trade to the Atlanta Falcons back in the day. That's for free over at scorenorth.com and the free Scorenorth mobile app. That's been your Scorenorth download. Now back to Mackie and Jodith Rami. Mount Rushmore is easy. It's the cliche Mount Rushmore sports talker of the week with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. That is why I would put him on the Mount Rushmore. Those would be my four. That's right, gentlemen. This is the debut of the cliche Mount Rushmore talker of the week here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami. And the first one out of the gate with opening day supposed to have taken place last week with the Twins home opener originally scheduled for tomorrow. We figure let's do a baseball topic. Let's do a Twins related topic here. We're looking for the scrappiest Twins players of all time. This one's tough, man. There's a lot of scrappy twins players. Like for you think a this cliche, is tough for you? This is tough. 
I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot I don't of have scrap. a grasp on Twins history like you do, Judd Zolgad. Well, this is going to be a crash course in Scrappy Twins history. That's for why, you, actually, Ryan guys, I, I called an audible, a personal audible. I didn't tell any of you, but I'm just doing the four scrappiest guys on the Twins right now. I'm not going to sit here and pretend to be something I'm not and, and reel off Twins history actually, to you like I know something. Actually, if you're going to draw the line in the sand, yeah. I would like to hear the four scrappiest Cubs Ooh. from you. Okay. That that's something I can think about, but I have the four scrappiest I've seen a lot guys. Of of baseball. I have the four scrappiest guys on the Twins okay. right now. Okay, like hold, hold, hold that right. for just a second, because okay. I think we have to set some parameters here. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of different potential questions off the words scrappy and Mount Rushmore. So we're looking for four at the end of this exercise. We're looking for four. We'll start by building out a full list as much as we can, and we've been taking suggestions on Score North Twitter here at Phil Mackey at Jay Zolgat at Rami is tweeting. Throughout the afternoon. So a lot of other people are throwing in their names. So we'll build a full list. We'll narrow it down. Yep. And we will, as much as we can, try to agree on a Mount Rushmore of four scrappy Twins players. And for me, how am I defining scrappy? I want your guys' thoughts on this. I think, I mean, some other synonyms, I guess, would be grinders, gritty. But I think it's guys who were not superstars, necessarily. You can make a case for a superstar, because I'm sure there are scrappy super... Like, Zach Parisi's a scrappy hockey superstar, right? Yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. But I think it's like, it's guys who woke up in the morning with dirty jerseys, guys who had to sort of scrap and claw their way just to be in the major leagues in the first place. That's kind of how I look at it. So Puckett was a scrappy player, but he's a superstar, so he is not... I don't think he's eligible. He, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. Mm. I think I think I know that affects my Mount Rushmore. I think I've got, well, but you can idea. make a case. These are loose parameters, right? right but right. I think in my definition of scrappy player, scrappy players from the Twins, I think I start as far as ability goes. And this is not to say that this guy was a bad player; he was a good player, but not a superstar. I think I start with Dan Gladden, that type of guy. Okay, absolutely scrappy, good player. He's not the number one overall pick, though. But he's not Puckett. Yep. Okay, so those those are kind of some loose. Does that make sense here. to both you guys? Yeah, yeah, sure. Why don't Why don't we start off, Rami, with you giving us your current twins, right. scrappy Mount Rushmore? This is my Mount Rushmore of scrappy current twins. First on the Mount Rushmore, and I don't know a lot about this guy, but his name screams scrappy. It's a newly acquired Homer Bailey. If that's not the name of a scrappy pitcher, <laughs> I don't know what is the name of a scrappy. If Homer Bailey ain't scrappy. Then nobody is scrappy just based on name alone. Wasn't right? Homer Bailey like a flamed out first round draft pick yeah. though? Probably. Are pitchers scrappy? I yes, think pitchers can be absolutely. scrappy. Yeah, fact, for sure. In fact, I have I, I have a penciled in Mount Rushmore, and there is a pitcher on my Mount Rushmore. Okay, just okay. so you guys know. All right, all right. I have another pitcher on my scrappy Mount Rushmore of current wow. twins, Randy Dobnak. Yeah, that's dude. scrappy. Yeah, that dude was an Uber driver. When you were an yeah, Uber yeah. driver, you're you're. You're scrappy. That's I also, a scrappy dude. I think as part of the scrappy image and part of the scrappy definition, yep. points for facial hair. Points for a mustache. Agreed. More Which points for me, a mustache than, than uh beard. That leads me yeah. that leads me to my next guy. Yep. And this is where we run into the potential of you guys maybe maybe vetoing my scrappy Mount Rushmore selection of current twins. And it's Josh Donaldson. I know the guy has an MVP under his belt, but this is a guy who is not a high draft pick. 
was did not did not you know climb the ranks quickly through the minor leagues. He scrapped his way to the major leagues, scrapped his way to being an everyday starter, and then scrapped his way to being an MVP, and then suffered injuries and scrapped his way back onto a baseball field and and good scrappy facial hair. Sure. All those things are true. He also scrapped his way to like a $100 million true, net worth. True. And I, I have a plan B if you guys are, are going to veto Josh Dyson. I got I to veto an MVP. He Judd, has risen I above the level of going. scrappy. I'll I, leave this to the committee, Judd. I see what, what direction, Rami, you're going. I feel like the time by the time this is all said and done with our four names, that Donaldson's not going to qualify because of the contract, and he is he is bordering okay. on a star player. Like I said, I I always have another plan. Guys. Right. Just like Thad Levine and Derek Falvey. I always have another plan for things that aren't in my control. My third, then, scrappy guy of current twins on the Mount Rushmore of scrappy twins is my guy, Luis Arise. Come on, that guy. I thought you were going in a different direction Williams there, actually. I thought you were you going know. La he's Tortuga. La he's Tor- George Washington. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's got wooden teeth. Yeah, he's he's the biggest face on this Mount Rushmore, guys. La Tortuga. L- literally the, the biggest okay. face. He is the epitome yeah. of scrap. With the hair, with the curly hair. Can you imagine that on Mount Rushmore? The curly hair coming out of the cap? Oh, my God. Oh, man. It would be magical. It would be mystical. It's pretty good. He is scrappy. I like it. That's a good, that's a good current list. And I think the other thing that we should bring up in the parameters, it's very easy to equate scrappy with white player, too. <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, it is. People do that all the time. Scrappy and high motor. Right. Are attached to white guys more than anyone. Like if for you, sure. Like if you put Williams Astadio or Luis Arise up next to some of the guys that we're going to get into, like Nick Punto, for instance. Nick Punto is scrappy. Okay, well, what's Luis Arise? Well, he's flashy. What? Because he's Latin American? Like we do that all the time. Yep. So I just don't I want, I don't want scrappy to just drive down the road of white athlete here. So let's... No, dra- no drawing along racial lines on my Mount Rushmore. No, okay? No. On the real Mount Rushmore. Never mind. 651-646-8255. All right. I'm going to th- start throwing some names out here, okay? And, Rami, this is going to be a great crash course I'm twin history lesson for you, okay? And, Judd, I have my list of four Cubs if you want to circle back around to okay, that. We'll definitely do that. All right. We'll definitely do that. All right. Yeah. So this is just in no particular order, and this is from this is help from listeners... Nick Punto was the first name that I put down on my list. Yep, I got him down. Woke up in the morning with a dirty jersey, was famous for sliding headfirst into first base unnecessarily, played every position in his career except catcher. Mm-hmm. Just just an everyman, Nick, right? Nick Punto is the definition of a mess in the best way possible. He was a mess. He's a baseball mess. Yep. Randy Bush, 12 years as mostly a fourth outfielder guy in the 1980s and early 90s with the Minnesota Twins. Al Newman, just kind of a slap-hitting, scrappy, backup, middle-infield yeah. guy, right? Yep. Denny Hocking. Yep. 52nd-round pick, Denny Hocking. This is going to 52nd-round pick. This is going to be difficult. I'm going to tell you right now. This is going to be difficult to get to four. He had 13 years in Major League Baseball, 11 with the Twins. Cesar Tovar. Didn't Cesar Tovar once play all nine positions in a game? Yes. Did he really? I never saw him play. So I can't, unlike Roycey, attribute, uh, tell you how scrappy he was, but he once did play all night. The positions. ultimate utility guy in the mm-hmm. 1960s for the Twins. Mm-hmm. I also, I texted Roycey and said, I said, give me your guys from the 60s and the 70s and the early 80s. He's in Cesar Tovar was number one. Okay. He said Jerry Terrell and Steve Braun from the 70s. Okay. And then he said Bobby Randall and Danny Thompson, who he coined the Sod Brothers, <laughs> I'm assuming for 
them just always being like dirty and rolling around in the grass. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, the next guy on my list here, we're talking about major points for facial hair, scrappy facial hair. And he played every position. He was a five-year utility guy for the Twins in the early 90s. Jeff Rebelay. You guys remember Jeff oh, yeah. Rebelay? Yep. Later went on to play player. for the Dodgers, I believe. I wouldn't know him in a crowd, but I recognize the name. Okay. That's and that right there might be another lot of potential hair. attribute there. All right. Luis Castillo is on my list. He he only played for the Twins for a year and a half, but that guy couldn't hit a ball past the second baseman and still former, hit 307 former times. Former Cub, right? Luis Castillo? Marlon, right? Marlon for sure. Did he play for the Cubs I, I for a couple joined, years? He joined the Mets after he left you here. Might be thinking of somebody else. Mm-hmm. You might be thinking of Luis Vizcaino. That might be it. That's right. a 1990s Cub. Matt Tolbert, who looked like a 12-year-old and somehow played five years in the major leagues and batted mostly second for Ron Garden in lineups. I don't know if you can be scrappy if you look 12. I feel like, like Jonathan, you need Jonathan's to look like you're 31. That's that statement about, Judd. Jonathan, you're not really scrappy. Sorry. I don't see you as a scrapper. I see Jonathan as scrappy. I think Jonathan's very scrappy. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think he fits the definition. Sorry, I think you're too young looking. <laughs> Brad Radke. Who pitched nearly a full season with a frayed labrum at one point in 2006. And gave up first inning home runs as if they were going out of style. Yep. Eddie Gordado is on my, my oh, yeah. full list here. Yeah, that, that's a good pitching one. Smoke and mirrors. Yeah. Just like, never really threw hard, right? But was still a top closer I for two or three I feel like years. scrappy pitchers do need a gut, probably. And he does. I, I need a gut, a gut from you, and he had a gut. Dennis does Reyes Homer Bailey have a gut? No. I, don't I'm think just, so, I was going he? strictly on name with Homer Bailey. He, he's in good shape. Again. Yeah, he's that's not a scrappy not, name. He's not a scrappy guy. He's a scrappy name. He was the seventh overall pick. He was highly touted. Then he fell off a cliff, and now he's just sort of like, if you didn't know he was a first-round pick, you'd think, ah, that guy's been he's been hanging on, right? Reworking his repertoire. Okay. Drew Butera, who is the single worst position player hitter I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> now, and he's managed to play 10 years in the major leagues as a backup catcher. Now, in my notes, I've actually got Drew's old man, who Sal also Butera. played for the Twins, Sal Butera, in the early 80s, and then came back and was on the World Series roster in 87. So the Butera family is there's, well represented There's here. a lot of scrap. Yep. Italian scrap, right? I'm assuming Butera is Italian. Mike Redman, slap-hitting yep. opposite field guy. Naked. Someone on Twitter recommended Denard Span. No, not scrappy. Not really scrappy. I don't know. Like, no, 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 no. I almost think Carlos Gomez is more like if I'm going to put. Well, like, we're trying twins. to get this down to four, right? Yes. Denard, Denard okay, Span, no. not getting near it. How about 14th round draft pick Ron Coomer? Yeah, scrappy. Okay. Yep. How oh about, yeah, Coomer was scrappy. Gut too. Yeah. How about a guy who constantly tried to steal bases when the pitcher wasn't looking? Chad Allen. Yeah, let's not confuse scrappy and dumb. Okay. You don't see that so much anymore. The old trying to catch the pitcher sleeping. Yeah, Chad Allen did it once successfully, and then like that's, that spawned like 14 more attempts throughout two years. And, uh, I've, I've got La Tortuga on this list, Williams Astadio, Doug Mankiewicz as a scrapper. Yeah, he would have been scrappy. Yeah. Great scrappy defensive name. player. That's a really scrappy name. The name is scrappy. Yeah. Anytime you have like a C and a Z back to back in a name, scrappy name. Yeah, we should definitely add that to the criteria. For sure. For sure. I don't yeah, think yeah. he's making my list of, of only four, but for he was Z? scrappy. If you have a Z in your last name, you're probably scrappy. Can you spell it? Yeah. M I E N T K I E W I C Z. There you go. Wow. Nice job. Nice I job. I have done that. Pretty good. And then Luis Rivas, I put on this list. Another uniform, always dirty kind of a guy, middle infielder. Slapping the ball around, you know. I love how the thing yeah. is slap, slapping the ball around. What, yeah, what, so big, what? big chew in his cheek. No gladi from you? 
I feel, hey, listen, I, th- th- this is an open discussion. So Dan Gladden right, can definitely I've be got, part of this. I've got Danny Gladden, Lou Ford. Is this your is this your Mount Rushmore right now? Is this it? No, I've got about five names, six oh, names. Okay. So, oh, so we got to narrow it down. We're helping you narrow it down. So I've got Gladden for Gladden for for sure. Lou Ford ironed himself because di- didn't he try and iron his shirt? He tried to iron his shirt while, while it was wearing on it him. one time. That's and he burned himself. Shut up. That's yeah. the definition of stupid and scrappy. Wow. Nick Punto for sure. So we're all, like Punto's uh, Punto's in the Mount Rushmore. I feel He's like everybody, every tweet I got in response when you Nick sent Punto. this out. Phil was Nick Punto. Here, he was yeah. one of the so, four in every response that I saw in my timeline. So here's the one I will make a case for. He was probably too good, but my God, he was scrappy. Because he was nicknamed the rat. Gary Gaetti. Yeah, but Gary Gaetti was like but he's probably too all-star good. caliber player. Know, but he was the rat. Which the, is, the rat is a scrappy nickname. It's an ultimately That's scrappy, scrappy name. Nickname. But he's probably too good. I think he rises a little bit too high. I'm fine with that. He's like between Scrappy and Josh Donaldson somewhere. I guess I would go to the mat for Gladden and probably Punto. Okay, so here is all right. Here is my penciled in Mount Rushmore. Okay, Nick Punto. He's our Tovar. I do think it's important to try and represent all eras of Twins baseball. Absolutely. Eddie Gordado, Mm -hmm. and I've got Denny Hocking. Denny Hocking was Nick Punto before Nick Punto, and he was a 52nd round pick who played 11 years with the Twins. Every position. That dude grinded throughout the entire 90s. And more points for being scrappy during a terrible so, era of Twins baseball. So too. Hocking, Guardado, Punto, and Tovar. and Tovar. And I've got Gladden on the outside looking in. See, I think Gladden has to be. I, I would knock Hocking off to put Gladden A on. name wow. I thought would come up in this. Maybe he's too good to be scrappy. Chuck Knobloch. Thought about it. I think he's too yeah. good. Knobloch. Too good? I think he's almost too like, good. He's too good. Knobloch's even with the too yips? Good. Yeah, but the yips didn't, didn't uh, happen until they got to the Yankees. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. It didn't happen here. I mean, he definitely has a... It's a it, he's got a scrappy-looking last name. He's got the scrappy sort of... You know, he's like five foot nine, yeah. five foot eight. He came up with the gut and lost the gut. He was chubby when he first came up. Yeah. Um, I don't know if he rises above. Like, is is Chuck Knobloch? Chuck Knobloch was so good. He was one of the best players in baseball for like three or four years. Yeah, I feel I I feel as if Puckett, Knobloch, Gaetti would probably be on a Mount Rushmore of scrappy sort of star star type players. If we're talking about guys that were good but not great, I'd put Gladden on in place of Hawking. But besides that, I think I'm fine with it. All right, so we have the to... The Tovar one's probably a nice nod to the 60s. All right, so if we went... Like, Punto and Hawking, you're probably right. Okay, like Punto and Hawking, are, it's like the same category of guy. It's super utility guy whose uniform was always dirty. Uh, and Punto... Not high draft Hawking. picks. Punto's probably the scrappiest utility guy that we've listed so far, right? Yeah, when your calling card is sliding headfirst into first base on a regular basis. And you're told not to do it continually. Okay. So if we if we wound up with Nick Punto, Dan Gladden, Cesar Tovar, and Eddie Gordado. Mm, Jim brings up a good point. I don't know if you guys just saw his tweet. What's I know up? this list keeps getting longer that we gotta whittle down, but has AJ Pierzinski been mentioned? Boo! You can't. You can't. Here's my you beef can't with Pierzinski. Leave him off the, at least the list. At least the list. 
He's okay. He's scrappy. A candidate, agitator. He's an agitator. He has a Z Y N S K in his name. <laughs> well, we could go all time name team Minkiewicz Przinsky for sure. So here's my thing. All right, because you got to go. You know, this is what we're doing with Punto and and Denny Hocking. It's basically one guy for for that position cluster. Right, the super utility guy. We get to pick one of them. If I'm picking catchers, scrappy catchers, I think Sal and Drew Butera fit the bill for Scrappy more than A.J. Pierzynski. I mean, if you're Drew Butera and your career slash line in 10 years, okay, this dude has made a major league paycheck for 10 years What's he been as paid, a backup catcher. We'll look that up in a second. He's <laughs> batting 200 over a 10-year career. 200 yep. Yep. with a 257 on base percentage and a 297 slugging percentage. Yep. That is not a misprint. A 297 slugging percentage, and he's been in the big leagues but for 10 you know years. Like, that do? is Scrappy. He could come into routes and pitch, finish up for you. He does throw like 90 miles an hour. That is true. All right, would you guys care to guess how much money Drew Butera has made playing baseball in his career? That's going to depress him. He played him. 10 years, you said? He's, and he's still, he played last year for the Rockies. He was the backup catcher for the Rockies. Okay. Um, it's, I'll just give it. It's not that. It's, no, no, no. Let me, let me guess real quick. $18 million. No. It's lower than that. $6 million? It's $8.3 million. Okay. That's pretty. Still, it's pretty good living. Still, you're going to be fine. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. So, all right. Well, I mean, I think we're, I think we're there. I think it's. Is that the list? Are Nick, you guys ready to give your actual Mount Rushmores now? Nick Punto, Dan Gladden, Cesar Tovar, and Eddie Gordado. And if there was like, if there was like a bullpen of of chiseled out Mount Rushmore busts waiting to take the place of a fallen Mount Rushmore, yeah, I think Jeff Rebele, Denny Hocking. <laughs> And Drew Butera or Sal Butera have to be on like this, like the second wave. Okay, I I feel bad leaving a fifty second round pick and Denny Hocking off this list. I feel like this is the biggest snub, but it's tough to disagree with Dan Gladden. Dan Gladden had a mullet too, which oh, I think gives was you points for being a scrapper. mullet is ultimate scrapper scrap trait. Yeah. yeah, there it is. Sure. All right, how do we feel about this, Judd? Judd, is that the definitive Mount Rushmore? Are you on the same page with Mackey here? Well, yeah, the pitcher one. I feel like there almost should be two, one for pitchers and one for position players. But if we have to have a pitcher, Guardado's pretty good. I mean, again, you got the gut. He's a closer, so he's pitching every day, just toughing it out. Yeah, I think I'm okay with it. John emails the show and says, John Castino, Greg Gagne. To me, Greg Gagne is more flashy than scrappy. John Castino, a great man. John Castino was pretty scrappy. Frank Quillacy and Earl Batty. Didn't see, him, didn't see him play. Okay. Patrick could uh, weigh in on Quillacy and Batty. Well, there it is. That's our first. Uh, that's our first cliche Mount Rushmore. That was a tough one. Judd and Rami. Pretty good. Rami, what's your what's your Cubs yeah, scrappy Mount Rushmore? Here we go. You guys ready? Yep. Let's do it. I think Mark Grace. I know had a great career. Should be in the Hall of Fame. He's not, but that dude's scrappy. Are you giving points, scrappy guy, points for guys who smoke in the clubhouse? I was going to say this guy's burning heaters in the tunnel <laughs> of the dugout. That's if if anybody has been scrappy in the modern era of baseball. Slumpbusters. It's Mark Grace. Well, I mean, slumpbusters. This guy, dude. This guy might be on the Mount Rushmore of all time scrappy players in my lifetime. On name, look, stature, the way he played, Mark Rudzelanik. Yeah. Wow. Love it. The right. Name, yeah. Right. Former Expo, right? Had like a little stubble going on. Sometimes he had the mullet going. Sometimes yep. he would just shave it all off. Pretty good. His name is Grudzelanik. He's a utility infielder who never really did anything in his career. He always batted second, which is where scrappy offensive players 
always bat. Grzelanek is like if you were if you were just molding a scrappy baseball player, you would come up with Mark Grzelanek. All right, uh, Doug Desenzo. I don't know oh, if anybody dude. even remembers it. Oh, Doug absolutely Desenzo. remember Doug But this Desenzo. guy did not look like a professional baseball player or a professional athlete of any kind, but he would chase him down out there in the outfield. Solid. Couldn't do anything with a baseball bat, but he would chase him down. And then this guy, most people probably know him as a coach and manager now better than they do a player, but Davey Martinez. Okay. Outfielder yeah. for the Cubs in the late 80s, Solid. early 90s. Super, super scrappy. Grace I don't see, but your last three are fantastic. I mean, Grace always had stubble going on. He was hung over. Like I, I said, burning heaters in the dugout. Let me give you another one, all right? This is I don't I don't know if this cracks your Cubs Mount Rushmore of four, but I think he's worth a discussion. Steve Bouchel. Guy third played baseball. guy played third, first, yeah. outfield. Yeah. He batted like two fifty, you know, not a star player. Old school, center fielder, Bobby Dernier. The okay. deer. Gritty. Okay. Gritty player. I like it. Harry loved him. I like it. So there it is. Uh, tweet us. Did, Jody did, Davis. We, did we get it right? Did we get the Twins? Scrappy Mount Rushmore right here. I feel like we Nick, should have some type of poll here. I yeah, don't let's, know how we do it. We'll put up, can we have a poll? Nick Punto, Dan Gladden, Cesar Tovar, and Eddie Gordado. Um, I think we'll have, I'll just have Seth post something and see if people call us idiots, which they might anyways. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, that, that you can count on. Yes. Yeah. Guaranteed. I'm good with that. Gentlemen, when we come back, it is our weekly write that down session and an accountability session to go on top of it here on Mackie and Jeb with Rami on Score North and the Score North app. Oh, listen to listen to this rumba music. Let's talk about Federated Mutual Insurance Company here for a moment. That's right. We are going to put Hawaiian shirts on and talk about insurance. Uh, so Federated is here to help business owners. Federated has been around for over 100 years, based in Owatonna, Minnesota. And Federated has now also been named two years in a row a top 150 workplace by the Star Tribune. Star Tribune also named Jeff Fetters the top CEO for large companies in Minnesota. Federated is just one of the top companies to work for and one of the top companies to help you as a business owner. To find out more about the industries Federated protects, auto services, retailers, wholesalers, there's a full list at federatedinsurance.com. They measure their success based on the success of their clients. That means you, Federated. It's their business to protect yours. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Score North and many of our local advertising partners remain open for business and you can hear from them daily here on Score North, scorenorth.com, and the free Score North mobile app. We're all in this together. Hear how you can support our community by visiting scorenorth.com, keyword open. Well, you can't ask for much more than combining sausage and cornhole. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. One, two, three. It's Mackie and Judd with Rami. With Rami. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write that down. I don't have a pencil. Well, remember that down. Write this down. Welcome in. This is the 5 o'clock Wednesday segment every single week where we mostly make asses of ourselves. I like the music now, though. 
little uh, little blues riff there. Yeah, that's there nice. A little dark blues riff there. So here's how this works. Every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we are the only sports show in the country that we know of that does these predictions and then keeps track of them. Because most pundits and talking heads just kind of hope that predictions go away. And uh, nobody knows how terrible you are at predicting. Nobody knows that you only get like one in every five correct. Well, everyone knows who listens to our show what our batting averages are because we keep track of them. Here's how the segment works. Three predictions each week from everybody. They must be quantifiable. It can't be something nebulous or vague. Uh, the famous one is when I tried to predict that Carl Anthony Towns will be regarded as the man at the end of his rookie season <laughs> with the Timberwolves. I still love it. I was right, but it's not quantifiable. And then Jimmy Butler came along and uh, slapped him upside the head, and he was no longer the man <laughs> Hasn't anymore. been the same since. Nope, yep. he has not. So we keep track of batting averages and home runs as decided by the group. Listeners can participate by downloading the Score North app and entering through Listener Rewards for your chance to play, and uh, we'll bring in our listener predictor. We'll also get Manny Hill on the phone line. Jonathan Harrison will make predictions. But let's start with some predictions, gentlemen, that are still on the board here. I just kind of combed through some of the predictions that we've made throughout the past several months and even past several years, going back to the old version of the show. And you can follow along here on our live video stream as well, scorenorth.com. Slash, I'm sorry, uh, twitter.com slash score north and also facebook.com slash score north and twitch. So, uh, Judd, you have three interesting predictions that are still on the board here that we're going to go over. I feel like this is a class. It is. I feel like I'm being called out in school. It is. You have predicted that Eric Bieniemy will be the Vikings head coach in 2021 and former Viking Greg Lewis will be his offensive coordinator. Uh huh. How do you feel about that right now? Well, fantastic for 2021. Was that a home run swing, or was that just a... That's a home run. Okay. I don't know if it was a forced home run. I don't remember. That's, that's what I was asking. I don't recall, yeah. but it looks like it It might have been, or it might be one I came up with when I was drinking. Okay. Hmm. Uh, Judd, you also predicted that Jose Barrios will win the Twins opener in Oakland, which is still on the board. Because that's you all I said. You didn't say when. So I didn't give a date. I didn't give anything specific. So still but if the play. opener is not played in Oakland, his prediction will be wrong, correct? correct. That is right. correct. Yes. Okay. Uh, you also have said that I'm hanging o- by a thread, Rami. You've said that O.J. Simpson will violate his parole and be reincarcerated. How old is that one? Oh, two years at least, maybe three years. And when did O.J. get out? At least a couple years ago, right? Yeah, I think, Twitter account, no, right? I remember when Judd made this prediction. Uh, so it had to be within the last year, and I think okay. it was when O.J. Uh, got on Twitter. That Judd made that prediction. Well, okay. I thought it was before that. Okay, interesting. All right, and he hasn't yet, right? To to. Violate his parole? He has not. Okay. No, no he's still golfing. No. So make sure. Trying to find the killers. Yeah, no, today uh, he commented on Tiger King and his thoughts oh boy. on who committed the murder in that movie. Because that's what we need is OJ identifying the real murderer, but not, you know, the real murderer he said he was going to identify. Boy. Yeah. Is he still looking? I don't know. Maybe if somebody makes a Netflix documentary, he'll pick something up in that. I think OJ said something about, like, if they close down the golf courses, man, it's going to be real tough. And then someone retweeted and said, I mean, what's the worst that can happen if OJ gets a little upset about the golf courses closing? <laughs> Did they? <laughs> okay. uh, Rami Makloff, predictions still on the board for you here on Write That Down. You need to clarify this one for us and the audience. I've clarified what? it three times for you. It's been a while. Okay. All right. You said, my friend will not join a boating club by the end of this summer, 2020. Yes. 
Uh, it's, it's a friend that visited. That's not an old man. It's it's a it's a it's a capable yeah, person. No, he's my age, and he told me earlier. Well, last year, I guess now, that he was going to join a boning club this coming summer. And I said, dude, no, you're not. And I'm so confident that you're not that I'm going to predict it in a segment where we write down predictions on my radio show. And so I did. And no, he has not joined a boating club. And it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, at it's going to be hard to join a boating club this summer. <laughs> so you might you might be able to uh, ease your way into that point. You also predicted this was a forced home run. I think that Rob. No, maybe it wasn't. This might have just been your own swing. That Rob Manfred will not be the MLB commissioner by opening day 2020, and you have sort of a, a an extended period here where that could still happen. Yeah, hopefully. Let us pray. Yeah. I think we would all be very happy if, if that prediction came to fruition. But I don't think it's going to now. You can't change horses in the middle of this stream that Major League Baseball and the rest of us find ourselves in now. Uh, Manny Hill, you predicted that I would watch the movie Friday and I will enjoy it. I'll admit, didn't, did I, I have not yet. These are just predictions that are still on the board. Right. Uh, I, I have not watched it yet, but I have a feeling that with some extra downtime during these crazy times, that might have to happen. What's to stop you from watching it, enjoying it, and telling us that you didn't enjoy it? I would never pull a fast one like that. Oh, you would never purposely set up an entire show never. at another venue so that you <laughs> no. can write that down That's right never That would never uh-huh. happen. No, of course not. I don't know what you guys are talking about. Scandalous. Take us all to the soccer stadium. Abuse my power like that. Just to win or write that down point. (laughs) No. Never abuse my power like that. Uh, By the way, we're going to be at Allianz Fields uh, Brewhouse all five days next week, uh, just so you guys know. By ourselves. Yep. Uh, Jonathan, you said in the next five years, we will will go to the moon again. When did he predict that? That was last year because it was like the 50th or 60th anniversary of the moon landing. How often do we do we? We We haven't been in a while. We just got bored with going to the moon? Uh, it cost too much, apparently. I mean, and we, there's, we, we saw it. We went there. We checked it out. Yeah, like 50 well, now we years ago. Base so we but we went Mars, a, a lot at one there. time, right? I mean, it's... What do we, I, I mean, said we went at one time a lot, didn't we? Yeah, back in like the 60s and 70s, so, yeah. we went all the time. Yeah, yeah we just we, kept going. We might have more reason to go to the moon now than ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's true. I mean, if all of us could go, yeah, but it, it, that's not the case. I, I, I really don't see any great use in going to the moon. It does seem like just a, a weird flex, right? Yeah. I don't want to talk about the space I mean, program. A weird flex that costs like a trillion dollars or yes. something. Like, space program. Yeah, that thing in the sky. Space program. Let's not talk about it. Uh, more predictions still on the board. I, at one point, several years ago, this was said a great prediction. Johnny Manziel will star in a reality yeah. show before starting again in the NFL. And so far, he has done neither of those things. So I'm actually shocked that he hasn't What's been on a reality doing? show. He's on social media. He just like posts stuff. All right. Check him out. I don't know. All right. Uh, I, I have also predicted that Andrew Luck or Tom Brady will play for the Vikings at some point. I feel very confident about that prediction. Andrew Luck is still a young man, and Tom Brady will probably play for 10 can more we, years. Can we go back to your Johnny Manziel thing? Sure. Like, how long does that stay on the board? Because before starting in the NFL, now looks like forever. That's so correct. Like, so how long do we wait before we say he's not going to get a reality show? Well, there's three outcomes here. Uh-huh. He either starts in the NFL... He stars in a reality show, or he dies. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, Rami, wow. Rami, you did ask. Those, and are, that is the, those are the yeah. only three ways that this prediction comes God. off the board. Yeah, it doesn't come off the board. Wow. I mean, wow. can you name another scenario? No, which that's why I was wondering. I, I didn't know we were, you know, predicting deaths, essentially, and I mean, write that down. Judd has, like, Judd has, like, ten predictions from four or five years ago with open ends. Yeah. Like Isn't Larry, there like a Larry Brown prediction or something yeah. that Judd made about Larry Brown will coach again or something? Yep, that's the prediction. And so, guess what? He's still alive. 
So that prediction only comes off the board because there's no end date on it if Larry Brown coaches again or if Larry Brown dies. I hope he's staying so. home. <laughs> Jeez. At Larry's age, I need him staying home. Right now, Larry, don't. I'll go get that pizza for you. And uh, you, Vike, that has predicted the Kirk Cousins Pizza Ranch commercials will continue next season, but his buddy Kevin will no longer be a part of the commercials. He will re- be replaced by another buddy. I worry about this prediction because of social distancing. Are you really going to have two guys at a pizza buffet yeah, good point. in the same frame together in the next six to nine months? I don't know, guys. I mean, you don't, don't think, think we're gonna, you don't think we're going to get back to having pizza ranches? I if just, we have a pizza ranch, we, we're going to have pizza ranch commercials. Yeah, commercial that's be what shot, I mean. But we'll, just deliveries. Well, wait, wait, wait. So if Cousins comes back and endorses Pizza Ranch, but there's no friend, is this wrong? Yes. Yeah, it's got to be because I could be see him being in. like, "Hey, I'm Kirk Cousins, Vikings QB," and when I'm not fumbling the football, <laughs> I'm picking up a slice of pizza yeah, no, and the, then dropping. The and prediction includes replaced, so he has to be replaced. Right, if it's okay, just Kirk yeah. Cousins doing solo okay. commercials next Doesn't year, count. this prediction is wrong. Okay. Doesn't count. Yeah, uh, it was a quiet accountability session this week. The only person that had anything come off the board was Judd Zolgad, and it was an incorrect prediction. Ah! Well, if this happens, we'll go back and revisit. But you said P.J. Fleck will be the head coach of the New York Jets this uh, upcoming season. <laughs> I mean, I guess, home like, run prediction? Home run segment? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, I home guess technically right there. there could be a firing, and then like Fleck would take over midseason, but I don't think that's going to happen. Would the Jets at this point? No. <laughs> we'll go back and visit this if we need PJ to. Fleck with the New York media. Row the boat. It would be interesting, to say the least. J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 row that boat. So the current statistics are as follows. Rami Makhlouf, you are batting four forty four with one home run on the season. Yeah, I am. John Harrison. <laughs> that bad. <laughs> every that every time game. you think the season's done. <laughs> You're like, ah, a long way to go. Okay. His bat. When you don't, when you hit a home run, you don't wait till the end of the season to flip the bat and pimp the bases. You do home it run, then and worry runs, about the results no. later. Dude, you're off to a great start. That's you what can, I'm saying. You can pimp it as much flip as you the want. Bat. Act like you've been there before, Rami. Hell no. John Harrison, you are batting 348 with two home runs. Judd Zolgad, 310 with one home run. I am batting 233 with one home run. Manny Hill, 167 with a home run. And the listeners are batting 105 because they just swing for the fences, but they only have one home run Write this down. on the season. So uh, here's what we're going to do. We're going to get to our guest listener predictor, Chris, to lead us off. Chris, welcome to the show. Are you ready for your big moment here to take three swings and write that down? I'm ready. All right, we're going to start off. Write this down. With you, sir. Fire away. We're going to go Chris. All right. We're going to go Chris, Jonathan, Manny, Judd, Rami, Phil, in that order. All right? Go ahead, Chris. All right. So for my first pick, I'm going to say that Rick Spielman and the Vikings are going to trade the number 22 pick for a 2022nd round pick, a 2020 day three pick, so fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh round, and a 2021 first round pick. Okay. That's, I'm going to have to go back and write that down later. That's a home run. You're going to have to review the tape is what you're going to have to do. It's very specific. It's a grand slam. It's very specific if that happens. Wow. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. We'll put uh, Chris on hold so I don't screw up the phone lines and go to Jonathan Harrison, who's still scribbling down furiously. <laughs> I have no idea what he heard. <laughs> write this down. I, I love it. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Uh, two wrestling WrestleMania predictions here. My first one, Rob Gronkowski, who's supposedly the host of WrestleMania this weekend. He will get in a fight at WrestleMania. Okay. I need to blow a whistle here. Okay. 
because I was this is the this is my time to shine and write that down mm-hmm. the week before WrestleMania <laughs> every year, rank. right? All right? You're gonna pull a rank. There are wide reports that WrestleMania has already been taped. Yes, yeah, but yeah. I have no. It has. There's been no reports of what has been. Nothing taped. has leaked. They've I, done I a just very need good to float this to the room being leaked. that this has already been taped. Could Jonathan Harrison be doing some insider trading here? This Are you wouldn't be me this again. This wouldn't be the first time Jonathan Harrison tried to pull a fast one and write that down. I just want to again. I, I just you guys get... let that happen. You guys that's didn't why do Phil, the math. That's why Phil's sounding a whistle right now. It's how I do you do guys feel know. about it's been taped? We the the result is already determined. I feel a little bit wishy washy about this one. What? There, Sketchy, there literally man. has been no leaks of what's happened at WrestleMania. It's just that it's been taped. Hang on. There's been no leaks other than like some matches have changed Brian because people have gotten sick. And so matches that they've been promoting for the past like six months yeah, the are not going to happen. Yeah, you're right. Mm. Rami, what are you, what are you Googling right now, Rami? Just WrestleMania leaks. There's yeah. been no results or anything leaked about it. Well, there, ha- <laughs> there have been some. Really? But oh, look at you! Look at Jonathan. But it appears WWE (laughs) shot multiple ending endings. Yeah, they did to prevent leaks. That's what I heard. I have no idea what's going on at WrestleMania. So they have they've got like three two or three endings. Interesting. All right, we'll allow it. We'll allow it. But I just want to see how pinpointy Jonathan's predictions are. All right, so go get so. So Rob Gronkowski will get into a fight. Yes. Okay. But like a, a wrestling fight. Not yes. Like a, okay. Not a real fight. All a wrestling. Right. Fight. So I also don't know what happens in WrestleMania. I'm, I might have to throw a prediction in here as well. I had stayed away because I just wanted to make sure that everyone was cool with it. But if this is the precedent. <laughs> Write this down. Sounds good. All right. Manny Hill, you're up next. What do you guys want? Uh, Tua Tungavailoa said that he feels 100% and that he believes he could play as a rookie. Write this down. Tua Tungavailoa will indeed play as a rookie and he will start at least five games Alrighty, write this down write it down you like writing things down do we get a team nope ah. <laughs> <laughs> working on that batting average trying to work on that batting average all right judd zilgad the goal for football team will not play a non-conference game this season so if they are going to play, they're going to have to go right into conference play. But all I'm going to give you it's is preseason, right? Like, the goal, yes, the golfer football team will not play a non-conference game. They ordinarily play three. They will not play a non-conference game this coming season. Okay. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Robbie Mackloff. A second season of Tiger King will be announced before the end of July. I'm in for that. Totally in for that. Bring me more Joe Exotic. It's going to be down. Joe Exotic. Didn't Joe Exotic just file like a $90 million lawsuit, too? We'll get there. Okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. Who who died then? Mm-hmm. We're going to get there, too. The- <laughs> uh, just let's let Rami go. Write this down. Right. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. I, I, I am intrigued by the concept of, of the WWE taping multiple endings to these matches just to thwart off potential leaks. Isn't that genius? Like, the NFL should do that. <laughs> just, let's just tape multiple Super Bowl endings and make sure that it's close every year. So, all right, write this down. Drew McIntyre will beat Brock Lesnar clean. Will beat him clean. And by that, I mean... Who is Drew McIntyre? He's the guy that's fighting Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. He will pin Brock Lesnar 1-2-3 in the middle of the ring to retain. Or he will submit Brock Lesnar. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write it down. All right, back over to... 
Listener Chris, your second prediction. All right. So the 2020 NFL season will have its playoffs with seven teams in each conference. The Vikings are going to win the NFC North, get the second seed, and lose to the number seven seed. I like how specific Chris has been. That's another home run if it happens. I love that the listeners just come on and do nothing but swing for the fence. Write this down. It's sort of old school Judd, though. Because it's so precise, you're pinning yourself into a corner. Chris, did you come on intending to swing for home runs? Your one shot at glory here? You got to, right? <laughs> yeah. That's what the list I'm gonna say like yes. writing things yep. down. Because I want to win. I'm going to say, yeah, you got to. Nice. Keep doing that. Jonathan Harrison. Can I do another WrestleMania yeah, one? Anyway, people no. going to lose their minds. No, let's do it. Because mine's a parlay. He's, Drew, got, he's got it. Drew McIntyre beats Brock Lesnar. Bray Wyatt beats John Cena. And Randy Orton beats Edge at WrestleMania. Parlay. There's no question he's got a leak. (laughs) (laughs) Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Manny Hill, your second prediction. It's brazen. I also have a WrestleMania parlay, gentlemen. Uh, Seth Rollins will beat Kevin Owens. Shayna Baszler will beat Becky Lynch. Ooh. (laughs) And Roman Reigns will beat Goldberg. That's probably the last one's probably a pretty easy one, but. Yeah, we're already going to nix that one. Roman Reigns is out. Manny, you just made the uh, quickest incorrect oh, prediction in the history. Yeah. Yep. He yeah. bailed earlier in the week. That's verbally binding, though, I think. Yeah, is that verbally think binding so. for Manny? Yeah. Oh. So another thing just came off the board. Yeah. <laughs> it's a tough oh, beat. No. It ha- I, know, I, think, I think they've tried, to, like, on their website, I think they've tried to make it seem like he's not out yet, or they just, like, haven't pulled articles. They Are keep we gonna- promoting it because all the shows up until now have been pre-recorded already. Are we going to give a coronavirus pandemic uh, exception to Manny? To Manny on this one, or I think we, what we here's what we do. It to, I think to it. I think I think we have to hold you to that one because it's right. verbally binding. I tried, we're, Manny. I we're, tried we're, for you, buddy. but we'll give you an alternate prediction, so you can <laughs> you can make a fourth prediction. So go ahead. When did we get so nice? We're in a pandemic. <laughs> it's a tough I told week. you we should be nicer to each other. By the way, my mom texted me and said we raised you right. You can be nice to people just socially distant. Yeah. <laughs> socially, I don't know, distant and. Distant in every way possible to me is All working I know really well. Is my mama's happy with me? All right, guys. All right, Manny. Write this down. Give us a substitute WrestleMania prediction. Did we lose Manny? Manny, are you there? Well, right, we'll come back. We'll come back to Manny. He might be okay. calling back. I want to. All right, over to Judd Zilgad. No, me. Right. No, we'll get to you. Okay. All right. Sorry. Miguel Sano will hit the first home run of the season for the Twins. I'm not saying what season. I'm just saying he'll, Miguel Sano the next home run will for the hit. Twins? Yes, so he's going to hit the first home run of the season for the Twins. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Okay, now we go back to Rami Makhlouf. Carol Baskin of Tiger King fame and of the Big Cat Rescue Foundation will be charged with the murder of her husband Don Lewis before the end of 2020. Love it. Love it. So write this that's down. That's who died, Judd. You asked before. Is, is she in the new um, series then that they do, oh, or yeah. is she out of it? Oh, this. Oh, like season two. Oh, season yeah. two. So season two. Does she get Maybe into from, that? Yeah, from behind a piece of glass, <laughs> talking about yeah. what happened. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Write this down. Mm-hmm. Mike Zimmer won't be able to resist, and he does have influence to make this happen. 
the Vikings will select two defensive players in the first round of the 2020 draft. Write it down. All right. I'm not going to tell you what positions, but Mike Zimmer will get his way, and the Vikings will select two defensive players in the first round. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, listener Chris, your last swing here. All right. So the 2020 MLB season is going to be shorter, and the Twins obviously aren't going to break their home run record from last year. But if you project the number of home runs they hit in the abbreviated 2020 season over a full 162 games, that will be greater than 307 home runs. Okay. So their pay, their home run pace will be better than last year's home run pace. Correct. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Chris, any uh any any final words? Any words of wisdom? This is your this is your platform to thank anyone and everyone who got you to this point in your life to the write that down segment. Oh, well, I got to go with my wife Sally. She's at home listening, taking care of uh our baby boy, so Thanks to her. Thanks to you guys for giving us entertainment through the stay at home and COVID and everything. And everyone stay safe. Chris, thanks for joining. Write this down. Thanks. Put you on hold if you want Jonathan to. Jonathan was writing down that last prediction, shaking his head. I just went with Mackey's version of it. Yeah, they'll outpace the home run pace last will be year's better. run. That's <laughs> a lot easier. Write this down. All right, Jonathan, fire away. Uh, Rami, you said by the end of 2020 for Carol Baskins? Yes, before the end of the year, Carol Baskins will be charged with the murder of her Write husband. this down. Carol Baskins will get arrested for the murder of her ex-husband within the next three months. Ooh. Oh, one up in me. All right. I thought Jonathan was going to go, write this down. Carol Baskins will win the Money in the Bank Championship <laughs> at WWE's next pay Because he's seen it already. <laughs> what write this down. <laughs> All right, let's go. Uh, and they feed you to the Tigers match. <laughs> hey, if they had that match, I'd watch. You know, they did do a match one time between The Undertaker and Kane like 20 years ago. It was an Inferno match. Yes. Yeah, the they, loser got thrown to me. The ring was literally engulfed in flames around it. And like you had to throw your opponent and light your opponent on fire. Kane was great. Yeah. I love Kane. <laughs> Hi. Oh, I'm Glenn Jacobs. I'm Glenn Jacobs. I'm running for mayor. <laughs> now he's a mayor. I'm not disfigured anymore. I'm a politician. All right, Manny Hill, we're going to give you an alternate we're going to give you an alternate prediction. So give us two predictions to finish out your round here. Okay, alternate prediction is that the Undertaker will beat AJ Styles in less than 10 minutes. Okay. All right. And then uh my third and final prediction is that Tajay Sharp will have at least 600 yards receiving in his first season with the Vikings. I think If that happened, I think we'd all be pretty happy with that pro- productivity, right? Yep. If he came It'd in. It'd be and... a career high for him. All right, we'll take that. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right. Thank you, Manny Hill. Put you back on hold. We'll go over to Judd Zilgan. <sighs> My last write that down. There will be NFL games in March of 2021. There will be NFL wow. games played in March of 2021. So a... Little less than a year from now, we'll still have NFL games being played. That I don't know if it's going to be amazing. regular season or playoffs, but they're going to have to do something. And I think they're going to push their season into the spring. Interesting. Write this down. All right, Rami, fire away. Joe Exotic, this is a bit of a parlay, will plead to a lesser charge than the murder for hire charge he currently faces. And Jeff Lowe will be charged with the murder for hire attempt on Carol Baskin's life. I love it, man. That's and you know what's funny? Like everything you just said would ordinarily make sense to nobody. 
but the whole but it, world but is may, watching may, the damn may, show may right now. It makes sense yeah. to at least 50% exactly. of the people listening. Yep. <laughs> All right, final prediction of the week. Since we can do WrestleMania predictions. Write this down. We're cool with it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Spoiler alert. Write this down. At least five WWE wrestlers will have coronavirus by the end of April. Wow. And this part's off the record, but because they chose to go through with WrestleMania during the peak of coronavirus. Oh like, goodness. it's ridiculous that they're doing this. But, hey, we can be entertained this weekend, and at least five wrestlers will suffer cares? from this. You think Vince cares? He does not even a lick. Not even at all. So that is Write That Down. Every Wednesday at 5 o'clock, we make predictions. We hold each other accountable, and we keep track of each other's batting averages. We wrap with Royce and... Uh, we get Rami's thoughts, follow-up thoughts, on uh, a segment we did last Friday where we learned a new sport. He has done some digging and has found some fraudulence. Mackie and Jeb with Rami. Jonathan here with the Score North Download. During the coronavirus pandemic, the needs remain high for our local Ronald McDonald House Charities Upper Midwest as they work tirelessly to provide food, shelter, and a wide array of support services to families with seriously ill or injured children at their Twin Cities locations. Thanks to Louisa Rise and the Minnesota Twins, one lucky person who makes a donation of any amount at scorenorth.com will receive a signed Louisa Rise Minnesota Twins jersey. Your contribution allows the Ronald McDonald House to continue to provide critical services to families dealing with a child's health crisis. To donate, please visit scorenorth.com, keyword donate. That's been your Score North download. Now back to Mackie and Jodas Rami. Thank you, Jonathan. We'll wrap with Royce here in about five minutes from now. But on Friday last week, we dove into a regular segment that we are going to uh, probably do once every couple weeks or once a month because there's no live sports. We're going to learn about new sports. So last week we had Callum Williams on from Minnesota United, to teach us about cricket. And I think after 15 minutes of him teaching us about cricket, I was even more confused yeah, about cricket. Because it's not a real sport, Mackie. That's why. Because Callum Williams is in on it, too. I've said this for a long time. All due respect to Callum. Great dude. It's not a real sport. They send over highlights of it over here to trick us, to fool us, to confuse us, to make us think, to make us try and figure out just what the hell is going on here. It's part of the, the sports deep state, right. is what it's, you're saying. They're punking America. Exactly. And I've never been more convinced of that than I am today after a couple of things that came across my Twitter timeline. And you guys were tagged in this thread as well. I don't know how deep a dive you did on what I forwarded to you. But listen to some of the names for pitches. We're going to get to positions in a second because that's that's just a circus. I don't know what the hell is going on on a cricket field in terms of positions. But listen to the names of some of the pitches in the supposed sport of cricket. These are delivered, these are pitches that you would throw using leg spin deliveries and mirror equivalents for left arm unorthodox spin. Right off the bat. I see what you're trying to do here. Okay? I see what you're trying to do. You're trying to confuse me before we even get into the names of the pitches. But let's move on. You have a leg break, a googly, a top spinner, a flicker ball, a slider, okay, a flipper, (laughs) Then a flipper. Then for off spin deliveries and mirror equivalents for left arm unorthodox spin, off break, a deucera, top spinner, carom ball, arm ball, tisra. So these pitchers are either ten times more advanced than like Max Scherzer. Hold on, or they're even, lying. We're not even done yet. For fast bowling deliveries. You have a bouncer, an inswinger, a reverse swing, a leg cutter, an off cutter, an outswinger, a yorker, a beamer, which is illegal apparently, a knuckleball, and a slower ball. 
Those are actual names of pitches in the sport of cricket. Do you guys remember when Dice came out? I was just going to bring that up. Is it the gyro ball? The gyro ball. It it like stops in midair as it's halfway to the batter. And it backs up. And then it comes back. It does the Looney Tunes swirly thing halfway to the I was just going to say Dice K. Exactly. (laughs) Are you guys ready for the names of positions on a cricket team? And just exactly what the hell is going on here? And right now they're they're saying stuff like, shortstop. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Catcher? No, Judd. No, okay. Same the, thing. There's no. There's no way they think the names of our positions are as weird as the names for some of these. First of all, I've I counted this twice. There are 34 positions in the sport of cricket. Caleb neglected to there. bring that up. 34 positions in the sport of cricket. Wait, how many? So how many players are on the field? Like defensively? 34. There's no, 34 dudes there's playing 34 defense. Players. Hold on. I counted. There's 34 in the in the chart that I'm looking at. Oh, the chart, but do, do they have the 34 deployed at all times? I don't think so. Okay. 11 players on a team. Okay. Well, what, well what, what are, are the 34 positions but 11 players? Again. Because you can play different positions. You can set up tactically different. One's called sure you can. the nickel corner. Uh-huh. <laughs> listen, no, listen to some of this, Judd. We can't be as weird as this. It's not possible. Oh, Robbie. Third man, deep backward point, deep point, deep cover, deep extra cover, long off, mid off, extra cover, cover point, backward point, fly slip. Now these are all these. Those are all that sounds. Those sound like sports positions, right? Fly slip. That's the thing you want to avoid when uh, in the hallway with somebody it's, else at your apartment. It Robbie, seems okay? to get. <laughs> it seems to get weirder the closer to the center of the field that you get. I'll keep working around the outer circle. A deep fine leg, a long leg, a deep square leg, a deep mid wicket, a cow corner, a long on, a mid on, a mid wicket, a square leg, a backward square leg, a fine leg, a wicket keeper slips. Now this. This is where it gets ridiculous. There's something on a cricket field called a gully, a silly point, a silly mid-off, a silly mid-on, a short leg, a leg gully, and a leg slip, and, of course, your wicket keeper. Come on, man. Come on. <laughs> this is, is None of dude, this is real. Everything you just said, like we listened to one of those cricket clips on Friday, and it was 35 seconds of someone speaking English but not really. The, all the terminology you just threw out... Is like an insurmountable barrier to entry to learning the sport. How are you supposed to watch cricket and and, and understand thirty four different positions or places in the field and like the eighteen different pitch types that you just read off? I mean, the, okay, listen to this again, Jonathan. Why don't you hit this? All right, listen to this again. This guy is speaking English. <laughs> Okay. But not really. Allegedly. Brilliant performance by Morgan. 67 from 30 balls. It's 459 for five. Brilliant hundreds from Johnny Bairstow and Alex Hale setting them up. Jason Roy was no less good. And Owen Morgan was to set an all-time record. Just 22 runs came for the final 15 balls of the innings. It was rather a case of after the Lord Mayor's show. There are the partnerships. 159, 151, and 124 brilliant as i say and we'll be repeating it i'm sure for a long time yet please do i'm not falling for it man i'm not falling for it jeffrey is on the twitter thread he tweeted us the batter is like a hockey goalie who can score by blocking the ball or hitting it out or both yeah because that makes a lot of sense Rami, Th- exp- thanks for clearing expand that your up. mind Rami. thanks expand, for clearing that expand up your mind. appreciate it what does that even mean expand your mind what does that mean he's a hockey goalie who can score by blocking the ball or hitting it Rami. out Rami, or both? Rami, How do you do both? 
If you're going to be nice to people, you've got to start to accept their sports, no, how too. How do you do both? How, how do you are blo- you? Do you enjoy cricket? How do you block it and hit I it out? I hope you don't have coronavirus, but I'd like to talk to you about cricket. How do you block it and hit it out? Do you headbutt it? Do you headbutt the foot? Headbutt the ball? What do you? How do you block the ball and hit it out? How's, uh, how is that even a thing? I'm with Rami on this. It's a fake sport. Have I convinced you? It doesn't you? make sense. It doesn't make any sense no, you whatsoever. Got, you guys don't understand how goofy they think baseball and our football is. Judd, we don't have something called a googly well, the Timberwolves used to in the mid-90s. <laughs> Have you seen football terms? Or a leg gully. Have you seen football terms? Or a silly mid-off. Come on, oh, we man. we got silly mid-offs. I'm with Robbie on this one. Uh, Patrick Rice, do you know anything about cricket? No, I tried. I uh, went over and watched uh, in Burnmore Park there. They, uh, the fellas, uh, kind of the Pakistan, uh, you know, the... The Indian Pakistan crowd, they have a big club and they have uh, games on Sunday afternoon. And, you know, you play an hour and then you have lunch. Then you play an hour and a half and you have more lunch. And then it's just like the all day thing. But, uh, I don't really, uh, understand the uh, scoring or the whole concept. And, uh, you know, they, they don't complain about long games though, do they? They, uh, they, they just kind of, uh, Except the fact that they what what is the short game is the six hour test match right yeah they have is the short right? game yep and then they got the the one that takes three days or something so uh, pace yeah, of play no I, problem I'm there Pat really good on it hmm. you know who was an expert not on cricket but on Australian rules football the dark man. Really? Dark was a big Australian he knew the players you know he went back with in those formative years of ESPN when it was out all the time. They're not playing now down there, are they? No, they stopped. Are they playing? They stopped. They stopped. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's a uh, it's a very odd game. No, I I don't understand. Uh, even though I was down there for a while, uh, and I remember being in a bar, even though I wasn't drinking, the night of the before the opening ceremonies in Cindy, Cindy, and they had this great uh, cricket player, uh, some ninety year old guy. You know, Sir Robert Badham or something. And these dummies thought they were going to have him light the torch. I said, they don't have cricket at the Olympics. They're not going to let him light the torch, you knotheads. <laughs> so, but I was buying them drinks, so they liked me. But, uh, you know, they were, uh, they, uh, they're, they're interesting folks down there. That's for sure. They're much bigger smart asses than we are, which is saying something. So, all right, Pat. We unveiled our first weekly cliche Mount Rushmore talker of the week. And t- I heard it. I heard you guys. Yes, so, I did. so our our first one was the scrappiest twins players of all time. And we settled on a Mount Rushmore of Nick Punto, Dan Gladden, Cesar Tovar, and Eddie Gordado. You take issue with it. Gladdy's Gladdy's out because as much as I love Gladdy, you have to play day games after night games to be scrappy, right? That's not a bad point. <laughs> I see. I That's thought Gladdy was I think, the poster child of scrappy. Yeah, well, yes, except his manager didn't trust him to play day games after night games during the heat of the summer. Being in the bar, scrappy, Pat. Road, Especially on road trips. Yeah, I think being too hungover uh, to play is as scrappy as you can get. I'm not saying that. I think he just didn't get his eight hours. You know, okay. I'm not saying it was great. You know, he, he mm. might have missed a, might have missed a couple of curfews. So right. anyway, so I I would have to throw Gladdy 
Vladdy uh, off that list. But Caesar, I know he's like he should be in the Twins Hall of Fame. I'm campaigning for him all the time. But he is. But when you get hit with the baseball intentionally 15 times a year, that makes you scrappy. That's right? pretty scrappy. Yeah. That's why he's on my. That's why when I sent you my list, he was on the scrappy list. And I also thought Danny Thompson should have been on your list because, as I pointed out, a one of the great human beings ever. B he was dying of leukemia, and he was still playing, and he was still scrappy, and I think that should put you on the Mount Rush. They traded him during that, right? He was yeah, sick God, when they, they traded, traded him. How when did Texas take him? Bert, when, when they traded guys, they wanted Burt, and he made Calvin made him take Burt, take Daddy as part of the Burt. Think trade. about that. So, the man's Calvin dying. Him, yes, Calvin made him take. He was undergoing experimental uh, treatment at the Mayo Clinic during this, what, for about two years, I think. And uh, I think he died the following October, maybe in November. But this is one of the good guys that ever lived. And But Calvin, Calvin wanted to get out from under that contract because Daddy was spending too much time in Mayo Clinic. That was one of, that was one of Calvin's greatest moves ever. <laughs> and you know who would have laughed at that? Danny Thompson. He would have he loved it. He so, Pat, I just went down. Uh, you brought up Cesar Tovar getting hit by a bunch of pitches. I just went down a hit-by-pitch rabbit hole on Baseball Reference. So, yeah. Cesar Tovar was hit by 17 pitches in 1968. He led the league getting hit by 14 pitches in 1972. Uh, he got hit by 88 pitches in his career, and the bulk of them were when he was playing the most of the Twins. So I started looking at some other players. Joe Maurer was only hit by 25 pitches in a 15-year career. <laughs> and had probably, well, you know what? He didn't have twice as many at bats as Caesar because Caesar had 700 one year, I think. Yeah. But, yeah, see, uh, uh, but the, but the other the other one that I looked up was Craig Biggio. Craig Biggio yeah. got hit by 285 pitches in his career. Yes. Well, yeah, he just hung in there, man. He just, yeah, he was famous for that. Tovar would do the Tovar would do it when you could stick the left arm out. You know, he was good at, and they the umpires would just give you first base. They wouldn't call you for intentionally letting it hit you. But he would uh, slip that left arm out and, and get hit. And, uh, you, know, you know, there's uh, there's not so many people in the modern game. You know, the thing about Joe is he got hit, how many, 25 times? Yeah. Never above the knee, I don't think. About, about 22 of those skipped, right? Or <laughs> some lefty trying to throw a slider and it got out of his hand and Hopped up in the batter's box and hit him in the. I can't even remember him getting drilled. Can you? No, it's super weird. Like one guy hit him in the middle of the back once, but uh, on purpose, but not. Well, you know what? He didn't. He didn't take that swing that caused the guy. You know, swing out of the shoes, fall down, unbutton your shirt, and then come back the next time up and have the guy throw at you. He never took that swing. He never was a guy that was like, uh, you know, taking the the huge uh, I got this swing uh, that uh, pitchers for years hated. Not so much anymore, but back then it was it was one of the don't swing too hard, man. You know, he never never had that problem. So yeah, how much do you miss baseball but, right now? Oh God, this is brutal. As I said today. I'm not, I might be exaggerating a little bit, but uh, I happened to hear uh, a fine for a top song and 
suddenly I closed my eyes and Kenny and Reavers and uh, Rookie and I were all in lavender suits dancing and uh, and uh, snapping our fingers like the four cops, you know. I mean, I'm like bored. <laughs> I want to. I want to be. I mean, I I'm going nuts. I, I'm hallucinating. It's uh, it's awful. I hate it. Is I, uh, is horse it's, racing it's still ridiculous. going on right now? I heard somebody say horse racing is still going on on the weekends. Uh, yes, they had the uh, but they're like the. Florida Derby they had last week, Robbie, but they didn't have a crowd. They didn't mm. have a, they didn't let people in, but they don't care. They want the, you know, you can still gamble on it. That's what, you, you know, they want the handle. They don't care about, you know, the gate receipts are nice for the Florida Derby because they probably would have had 30,000 people there drinking. But the, the big thing for them is uh, the, 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 the gambling, although I think the Las Vegas, the Las Vegas casinos are closed, right? Yeah. Yes. So for sure. Yeah. So there. That's there's you know that's the big betting and where they get the betting from the from around the nation in the sports books. So it, it doesn't. It seems to be counterproductive. Have we pulled we pulled the plug on the derby yet or not? Yeah, it's moved back. Yep. Okay. They, they don't know how far. Fall, I think. Right? Oh, I heard they talked in fall. They're talking fall. Yeah. That's going to be something. The, the Masters and the Kentucky Derby might be on the same weekend. <laughs> Indy too, Pat. Yeah. Oh, Indy's already that got moved to September, I think. Here's what really shocks me is that they're already pulling the plug on Wimbledon. That's the end of June, right? That's June twentieth or so. Yeah. So we were getting that pessimistic now because England shouldn't they be be ahead of us on the timeline here? I feel uh, like I feel like they're behind. I think they're behind. Which is which is odd. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's also like even if even if you're like the U.S. You know, as bad as it is right now, it's not scheduled to peak in New York even for like three or four more weeks, and so it just takes a long time. We'll be lucky to have baseball in July, you guys. Yeah. Hey, Rami, I got a question for you. What's up, Pat? If we get a nice infrared light, can we see this stuff? Are they like bugs on the wall or something? Can we see these things? The 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 COVID nineteen virus? <laughs> yes, doctor. Yeah, yes, doctor Rami, tell us. I don't think so. I mean, you can you can see you can see you can see the the mucus. You can see the splatter, but I don't know that you could see the actual virus itself under a black light. I can see. I like stuff. I can. See. Yeah, like if, if if you got sneezed on, Pat, and I and I shown yeah, a, okay. and I shown a black light on you, you would see the spray all over you. Okay, but I don't know all that right. I could tell you that the spray get, has COVID nineteen in it. Could we get a light, Pat? Where where we we could shine it on a person coming at us, and if we see that just head in the other direction, <laughs> yes, yes, that woman's really attractive. But look at all the uh, stuff. The uh, since yes, the sporting stories that uh, we they might end up representing masks for us. I was on it once today and saw many more masks by percentage today than I'd seen previously. Yeah, they so, say the, uh, that people who have it should be wearing masks. I, from what I've heard from doctors and whatnot, that it doesn't doesn't do a lot if you don't have it we, to prevent you from getting should, it. If you have it, we should send you to Molokai like we used to do the leopard. <laughs> 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 you know, we got that whole island there in Hawaii. You know, you know. Molokai, let's go break out Molokai. Amazing. <laughs> All right, Pat, we you got great bedside manners. We so. we got to run. We'll talk to you Friday, Pat. See you, Roycey. 
All right, that is rapping with Roycey here. Keep doing uh, Mackie and Judd with Rami. Uh, by the way, we are still raising money for the Ronald McDonald House charities of Upper Midwest. They're just very much in need of donations to help serve meals and provide essentials to families with hospitalized kids in Minneapolis locations. Scorenorth.com, keyword donate. Please, scorenorth.com, keyword donate to help children in need during this coronavirus period. And as always, Wrapping with Royce is powered by Josh Arnold Investments. We'll be back tomorrow. Judd Zolgad, yeah, take time, it away. Time to talk to our guy, Josh Arnold, where you always get straight talk. Not sure coded advice. You can get that straight talk by calling Josh direct. His number, 952-925-5608. Or you can listen to Josh right now with the Market Minute. Good afternoon, Josh. Good afternoon, Judd. Another horrible day in the, in the market. As it, as all the major indices were down about four four point four percent, the Dow closing down nine hundred and seventy points, closing at twenty thousand nine nine forty three. The biggest uh, drop down today in terms of indices was the small small company Russell two thousand index down seven seven uh, percent. As concerns about the coronavirus and its effect on the economy hit small companies particularly hard. The news right now seems to come out of New York City, where there is a huge influx of coronavirus cases, and Washington, D.C., where reports come out from uh, both the president and his coronavirus task force. Last night in particular, the coronavirus task force gave indications that there could be, based on their models, uh, between 100,000 and 240,000 deaths from the coronavirus. Uh, This news last night sent the futures market uh, down 800 points as most stock traders are only focusing on the uh, worst-case scenarios, not a better case. Admittedly, the the market will continue to be very volatile uh, until there is some clarity, at least on the health front. Nonetheless, there are many companies uh, that uh, will do reasonably well during this period of time, reasonably well, meaning they'll make a little money or maybe will lose less than the market, but will position you for when this comes out, including favorites like Amazon, which will be a very strong performer and has uh, tentacles uh, also in data and data delivery, data storage will continue to be a big theme. Microsoft would also fit in, in that, not only for their data but and cloud cloud play, but also for their Teams network, which enable uh, more people working uh, from home to communicate with one another, whether it's within one company or even company to company. Uh, we can even take that to another extreme with a very old technology company, Cisco, which had bought WebEx. WebEx is just a small part of Cisco, but that too is benefiting from this stay-at-home economy. 
Target, Costco, and Walmart were very strong today. And even some of the cell phone companies like T-Mobile also showed, showed some strength. Uh, so the big key, at least to me, is one, positioning yourself so you have so you're investing in companies that have come down in price uh but will benefit coming out of this um, uh government mandated uh, shutdown on one hand and on the other hand uh positioning yourself in okay consumer staples more defensive uh, stocks that'll pay a decent dividend whether that's a coke or a pepsi or even a Procter and Gamble or Clorox, um, that'll at least provide you some dividends and safety. We're still avoiding putting money into uh, banks right now. Definitely avoiding putting money into uh, any oil names uh, right now. And some of the healthcare uh, names could be problematic because many of them are still tied to hospitals and there's still some questions relating to Ten seconds, uh, Josh. payments there. Have any questions, don't hesitate to give me a call at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. I'm Josh Arnold. Talk to you soon. Investment advisor services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a registered advisor in the state of Minnesota. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk.